<clears throat> Good morning. Uh, as he just said, I'm Dr. Matt Byers. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I teach in the humanities department. I handle most of our creative writing, and, and my specific area of, of interest is poetry, which is handy because today is World Poetry Day. You didn't even know it existed, did you? It does. It's a thing, and it's here. All right, so <clears throat> um, I have a question. I have a few questions. Hopefully, we'll be kind of interactive today. Um, first question, show of hands, how many of you have a favorite poem? About what I expected. Okay, this is all right. This is okay. I understand. Um, poets, like myself, frequently lament the decline of poetry as a popular art form, a decline that began in the early 20th century. Uh, T.S. Eliot, a poet of that era, um, fairly famous, fairly renowned, good poet if you like poetry, um, if you're not into poetry so much, he's a little tricky, um, was quoted as saying in 1921, civilization is difficult and complex, so poetry should be difficult and complex. There was a time not long before that that poetry was popular. Poetry was entertainment. Uh, people would sit around on, on weekend nights and think, what do you want to do? Let's read some poetry. I don't know when the last time is anybody in this room said that, but it's okay. Books were not as common then. Uh, it was hard to get your hands on printed books. If you owned one book, it was probably the Bible. If you owned two books, it was the Bible and the collected works of Alfred Tennyson, very popular poet. He was the poet laureate of England for a number of years in the late 1800s. Um, poets were famous. Poets were celebrities. And Tennyson, he was, you might say, the Mr. Beast of his era. Okay? You guys, you guys know Mr. Beast. All right. So what happened? Somewhere along the way, uh, poetry, the way most of us think of it, stopped making sense. Older media, such as novels and newspapers, became more, more accessible. New media, like radio, television, movies, sprang up and became incredibly popular. And now, social media, YouTube, TikTok. Our attention spans have shrunk, and our tolerance for difficulty has virtually, pun intended, disappeared. So now, when the average person reads a poem, especially a contemporary free verse poem, what he or she is most likely to say is either, it doesn't rhyme, or I don't get it. It might surprise you, however, to know that despite its seeming unpopularity, poetry is more prevalent and more popular than perhaps ever before. To make my point, let's look at poetry itself. Uh, some of you that don't have much experience with poetry... I'm just going to kind of give a brief overview and, and maybe a few snippets, examples of, of some maybe famous poems, some that you've probably heard before in various contexts, especially if you've had English 1302. Okay, so <clears throat> the most basic divisions of poetry are these three, uh, narrative, dramatic, and lyric. Okay, we'll, we'll deal with each one separately. Narrative poems tell stories, just like short stories, fiction, novels. Um, the stories that are being told in those are similar to the stories that are told by narrative poems. Uh, consider Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Okay, some of you may have heard parts of this. The first stanza. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Sound familiar? It's a good one. Go check it out. It, it, it goes on to tell the story of uh, the speaker and his encounter with this strange, mysterious creature. 
Um, dramatic poems show us scenes uh, conveyed in various voices. The plays of Shakespeare are dramatic poetry, as when Hamlet delivers his famous soliloquy, and, and say it with me, to be or not to be. See, you know that one. All right. Less theatrically and less, less common, perhaps, less well-known, Ulysses by the aforementioned Alfred Tennyson, in which an aging Odysseus, as he's known in Greek, is growing restless. One of the heroes of the Trojan War, he had spent 10 years fighting there before spending another 10 years trying to get home. But instead of enjoying his retirement, he summons his old crewmates and tells them, my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset. He wants to go voyaging again, and he even warns them, it may be that we shall touch the happy isles and see the great Achilles, whom we knew. Achilles died, as you recall, in the Trojan War. How are they going to see Achilles? As if they die too. He's ready to meet his death, just to go exploring again. If you're not familiar with Odysseus, or if you're not a fan of Greek lore, how about a couple lines that should be more familiar to you by the American writer Theodore Geisel. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Lastly, we have lyric poems, which are best defined as short poems conveying the thoughts and feelings of a single speaker. Some of the more well-known poets, uh, lyric poets, are names like William Wordsworth, Emily Dickinson, Robert Frost, more recently, Billy Collins, Maya Angelou. Uh, some lines from Frost that you may be familiar with are the closing lines of his uh, poem, The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the road less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Yeah, I hear some whispers out there. You guys know this one. All right. It's a short 20-line poem that deals with issues of indecision and regret, things that we're mostly familiar with. And I uh, regret now... Um, changing my talk five minutes before I came up on stage. <clears throat> but I had picked a favorite poem, a lyric poem that I wanted to share with you, and then I thought, oh, no, let's go with something a little more relatable to the college audience. Uh, this is a poem that a lot of us in the humanities department share with our students um, near the beginning of the semester or sometime therein. Uh, it's, it's by a Canadian poet named Tom Wayman. It's called Did I Miss Anything? And the subtitle is Question Frequently Asked by Students After Missing a Class. And this is where I need my reading glasses. The, the poem itself is back and forth answers to the question, did I miss anything? Nothing. When we realized you weren't here, we sat with our hands folded on our desks in silence for the full two hours. Everything. I gave an exam worth 40% of the grade for this term and assigned some reading due today on which I'm about to hand out a quiz worth 50%. Nothing. None of the content of this course has value or meaning. Take as many days off as you like. Any activities we undertake as a class, I assure you, will not matter either to you or me and are without purpose. Everything. A few minutes after we began last time, a shaft of light descended and an angel or other heavenly being appeared and revealed to us what each woman or man must do to attain divine wisdom in this life and the hereafter. This is the last time the class will meet before we disperse to bring the good news to all people. Nothing. When you are not present... How could something significant occur? <laughs> All right, let's get back to the original question. Why poetry? Or more broadly, what can poetry do for us? Or more capitalistically, what's in it for me? Poetry, as with other forms of art and literature, is a way to connect with our heritage, our shared history, and that of our individual lineages, the various continents, countries, and cultures that we claim as our own. Poetry can be a form of therapy. It helps us to process emotions and work through difficult experiences in ways that other art forms may not be able to do. 
And I'm going to pause here and tell the story. I tell this to my 1302 students. So if this sounds familiar, just bear with me. If it doesn't sound familiar, you probably weren't listening. Um, <clears throat> there's a website called poetry.com. Uh, it, it became popular back in the late 90s, probably. And it was just a place where people could submit their own original poetry. You could write whatever you wanted, throw it up there, and people could search by name. Uh, I think I put a couple of things up there. They were terrible, and I think they've been archived, so thankfully they're not available anymore. But um, people would put their stuff up there. There was no gatekeeping. Anybody could put their poetry up there. And then 9-11 happened, and there was a sudden surge of poetry by people trying to process the tragedy that they had experienced, that we had experienced as a nation. The grief, the confusion, um, were all things that were, were expressed in these poems. And even now, in 2023, we're starting to see lots of pandemic poetry, um, a lot of lockdown literature, as it's being called, people processing that experience because that was, that was a, a global trauma for all of us. So um, poetry is, is a thing. Poetry helps us look both inward and outward, making sense of ourselves and the world in which we live. As the definition of lyric poetry implies, poetry can help us convey our thoughts and feelings. It can help us express ourselves, as Samuel Taylor Coleridge says, by putting the best words in the best order. In doing so, poetry helps us better communicate. Having to carefully consider each word choice and word placement helps us develop the ability not only to express ourselves, but to interact with each other. Texting and email are two of our most prominent forms of communication, and yet our texts and emails are full of bizarre auto-corrections and unintended meanings because we dash them off and hit send without giving them a second thought. Okay, <clears throat> conclusion time. I'm getting there. Bear with me. The five or ten of you who have been paying attention may be thinking, wait a minute, didn't you say poetry is still prevalent and popular? Yes. Yes, I did. Despite a decline in what we would consider formal or traditional poetry, poetry is being written by more people and in greater quantities than ever before. Not only that, but poetry is also being enjoyed nonstop around the world as music. Music is poetry. Poetry is music. When we talk about the words in a song, what do we call them? Lyrics. Often there is rhythm, meter, and rhyme, just as many poems have. And remember when I asked if you had a favorite poem? What if I ask, what's your favorite song? Not only do we all have one, it may be difficult to narrow it down. So, two final questions to help drive home my point. Uh, what is the best-selling book of all time? The Bible, the, the Christian Bible, yes. Um, not only have we all bought one, we've probably bought more than one. We have multiple copies in my house. Um, how, many of you are, how many of you are familiar with BibleGateway.com? It's pretty handy, right? Especially at a Christian college, it's, it's a popular thing. Uh, if you type in a book, chapter, and verse into a search engine, what's going to come up probably are our Bible Gateway results because, because it has a, a plethora of versions and translations available. Um, it's a useful tool. A few years back, some people were curious and asked, hey, what's the most frequently accessed book of the Bible? The answer, Psalms. You know, the book made up entirely of poetry. So I want to close today with uh, a passage, a prayer from Psalm 61. It's not the entire thing. I pieced it together, but here we go. Bow with me. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. Amen. Happy World Poetry Day. You're dismissed.